Let's go! Welcome to Beyond Jiu-Jitsu. I'm stealing Kieran's intros. What's up, bro? <laughs> is that it? <laughs> what happened to Welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast, episode number 17. 17. Today, we are talking about when you should start teaching. When should you jump on the mats and start laying down the law? Well, yeah, when, you know, should it be white belts helping white belts? No, Ooh. no, it shouldn't. Uh, but before that, last episode, episode 16, we spoke a little bit about how to choose your training partners and how to train with said partners. So if that interests you, you can go back and check it out. However, as Kieran said, today we're talking about when you should start teaching jujitsu. This, uh, a while ago, I don't know if this was before you started training, Kieran, but there was, I think it was the Gracie brothers, um, Hannah and Huron, they, or was it them? There was, there was an article going around saying that, you know, you shouldn't teach until you're a black belt and it was kind wow. of like controversial and people were arguing about which belt you should start teaching at and then the Gracie brothers cop flack because they have the whole Gracie university system where you can get your blue belt online. I don't know if you, have you oh, seen that? Oh man, I have and I have some like, look, I'm not really entitled to have strong opinions but I have some strong opinions about that. Well, I want to hear them actually. This wasn't part of the script, not that we work off a script, but it wasn't like a bullet point to talk about it. But usually I'm the one with strong opinions yeah. most of the time. <laughs> most of the time, negative opinions. Actually, that's- I've gotten some messages about your blanket statements lately. Do, have, have you? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I want to hear them. But before you say that, I want to say uh, two, two of our listeners probably, well, I think they're our only listeners, Anthony and Marina. Yeah. Uh, they're- Two, two students of mine, uh, and they're, they're a couple. And Anthony's a blue belt, Marina's a white belt. And so Marina hasn't been training too long. Anyway, they listen to the podcast when they, when they go out for a walk, right? And we had an episode, what was it? The episode number, which episode was it? What was the topic? where we were talking about flow grappling and media. Oh, I think that, that was episode was, eight around there, eight or nine or 10 even. I have, <laughs> eight, nine, ten. I have it in. I think it was episode 10 actually. Yeah, anyway. Was media, media was episode 10. Well, okay. Episode. Take my word No, for that it. was competition. Sp- oh, fuck. Episode 11. Ah, it right was. Up. There we go. I thought that was cross training. No, anyway. that was episode 12. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, you might be right. My spreadsheet might be wrong. Anyway, one of those episodes. And it was uh, – and I was on Zoom with them and Anthony and they were, they were walking along listening to the podcast and Anthony's like a big fan of flow grappling mm. and everything. And anyway, that whole episode was me pretty much not, on flow grappling. not being the biggest flow grappling fan. <laughs> and, and during them listening to the, the podcast, Marina actually uh, – Turned to Anthony and said, "Oh, you know what? I actually agree with Adam here." Oh no! <laughs> and Anthony, <laughs> Anthony, like paused the episode and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" <laughs> anyway, they've since separated. Uh, no, no, they haven't. <laughs> yeah. So my my strong opinions on getting a blue belt online, and the, it's the same, similar to that. You know, the celebrity um, program that they do for jujitsu, where you yep. pretty much get a brown belt without rolling. Yep. Who was the famous guy that the actor? I, I, oh, fuck, I, what's his name? I'm blanking. Comedian that got a uh, brown belt uh, and he's never rolled. And I think it, it only came to my attention because there was a video well, I know of him. It's, it's, 
the the person who runs that program is Higgin Machado. I yeah, think yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, um, I believe it is right. Yes, and uh, heaps of actors train with him. Like, yeah, uh, that's where Ashton Kutcher trains. Yeah, Ashton Kutcher. I saw it was a video of him like quote unquote rolling with Craig Jones, and he looked like a white belt, and he had a brown yeah. belt. And I mean, look, I'm not bagging out the fact that they want to train and that they this is an alternative to not. Um, to being able to train without rolling, right? And like without getting your face scratched up, which is pretty much injury prevention and, you know, protecting yeah. their moneymaker, right? Yeah. But look, they shouldn't be fucking wearing a brown belt. Like you should, Ashton Kutcher should not be wearing a brown belt. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what, you, like, don't, what anyone says. I couldn't have said it better myself. It's exactly that. I'm not against the the program as yeah. a whole because but not, not, like you said, it's yeah. their moneymaker, yeah. you know, especially yeah. if they're, they're wanting to do some jujitsu because they like it as a hobby yeah. and they're in the middle of filming a movie. Yeah, Man, shit, yeah. they, they, they can't get bumped in the face or whatever. But if you want to wear a fucking brown belt, you better have earned that brown belt. And again, I'm coming from someone that is a white belt here. <laughs> You've heard people. that here first. I'm, what, I'm a white belt. White belt says, you want to wear a brown belt, you got to earn that brown yeah, belt. Yeah, yeah, like I'm talking this <laughs> of a fucking black belt. But I mean, I, I think I can talk about it from the other side. Like I am I'm busting my ass trying to earn my, my first colored belt. Like, you know, that being a, a huge milestone. I've Yeah, and then you see people get it for doing nothing well you get you see people getting it online and yeah. i mean yeah okay it, look i will say though in ashton's defense <clears throat> it's craig makes a lot of people look like white belts yeah fair <laughs> no but look man craig was sitting in turtle no, if you I've haven't seen, se- seen, seen, seen the video yeah, like yeah, for yeah. those that haven't seen it craig is like sitting in turtle and ashton is like running around his back and and just being a goose um like he's not a brown belt he's not moving like a brown belt he's not acting like a brown belt where Craig Jones was in a passive position, not even moving. So it wasn't like Craig was, was schooling him, but it was, it was really weird. And even I saw it and I was like, Oh yeah. (laughs) But I think, yeah, you, you have to, you can't be wearing a brown belt and have not rolled or, or don't, or, you know, you might choose to roll a minimal amount, but you know, but that that's what the sport is, you know? Yeah. the, yeah, I always say to people, and I probably said it in a previous episode about competing, you know, if you don't compete, it's it's like only training football, but then then never actually playing a game. And imagine not even rolling. That's yeah. even like, that's a hundred times worse, a thousand times worse. That's, you know, that's the sport. That's what you're there for. Some classes that you run are just rolling, like yeah. competition prep ca- yeah. classes. Well, it's kind of the equivalent of at school when the teacher wheels the TV in because yeah. they just want to phone it in. <laughs> oh, guys, grab a partner. Roll. <laughs> no, there's, there's madness the warm up behind is a the five, method. The warm-up is a five-minute flow roll and then straight into more rolls. <laughs> yeah. I love those classes. Typ- typically comp prep, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, just sometimes you're just needing to put in the the, the hours of rolling. Mm. 100%. Yeah, so by the sounds of it, you're against getting a blue belt. Oh online. my god, getting a blue belt online is, man. If you are listening to this and you got your blue belt online, I don't give a shit. I don't care if I insult <laughs> you. Fuck you, man. Like you're not you're not doing. Jiu-jitsu. It is funny. I do like that from your point of view, though, because nah, man, that's fuck. But I think it's an, an interesting point of view because you could easily just think, what's this white belt? No, but it, you said it so perfectly. You're, you're someone who's busting their ass to try get yeah. a colored belt. And I know because you're my student, you do bust your ass. You train a lot. Not at the moment because the gym's closed. Well, no one's training. No, no <laughs> one's training in Sydney at the moment. Uh, but yeah, well, 
COVID-wise, maybe now it's okay to get a blue belt online. No, no it's not, man. <laughs> it's still not okay. It's, it's, you know how you were talking about that whole Crianchi thing in yeah. Brazil yeah. and um, like when you when you need to move for work and it's like uh, it used to be so bad in Brazil. For those that don't know what I'm talking about, the whole like loyalty to your gym used to be so bad in Brazil that if you move away for work, then your instructor was pretty much like, all right, well, you need to give up jujitsu. If you can't train here, you can't train anywhere. Yeah. That's how I see about belt progression. Like if you if you can't roll for it, you 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 aren't a blue belt. If you've never rolled, how how are you a blue belt? Like imagine, imagine if someone that went through a online academy, even if they'll like quote unquote studying jujitsu online for two years and they step foot in your gym and they're wearing a blue belt and they roll up against, you know, someone like a white belt like myself i would fucking school them like i unless they're like a freak of nature like i would destroy them and i'm not saying that i you know every blue belt needs to beat every white belt that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is it's just impractical it doesn't make any sense from a martial art that prides itself on belts actually meaning something having someone get given get mailed their belt from fucking ebay for completing an online course. You know what it makes me think about? It's kind of, you know how nowadays with technology you can you can get wave pools, right? Like surfing wave pools. Can you? Oh, right. Oh, well, yeah, not yeah, get yeah, as yeah, in you yeah. can't buy one, but you know, like yeah, Kelly sorry. Slater <laughs> made a, a wave pool or wave generator. Or yeah, whatever yeah, call. those are cool. And I, I think there's a lot of crossover between jujitsu and surfing. And I obviously use, I often use a lot of analogies between jujitsu and surfing. And one of my students, uh, you know, well, I still see him as my student, but unfortunately he's moved away. Ethan, uh, really good blue belt, has, has moved and left Sydney to take on a job writing for Slab, which is a surfing magazine. So now he, tra- he lives up in Byron now and trains up there. Uh, he interviewed me a little while back for an article he was writing for Slab about the a lot of the crossover between surfing and jiu-jitsu and a lot of the things they have in common and, and all that. And it kind of makes me think, this conversation makes me think, you know, when you say, oh, if you've never rolled, imagine someone who could surf and they came up only ever surfing in an artificial wave pool. Mm. Would you consider them like a surfer or do they need to go surf in the ocean? Oh, oh, fuck man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, I know it's different, but But, it just made me start thinking about that. I mean, if they couldn't, but the, okay. So let's extrapolate on that analogy. If they were unable to surf in the ocean, like if they couldn't catch a legitimate wave because of, you know, the constraints of a wave pool, for example, if they, if they were unable to, you know, paddle onto a wave, I mean, I'm not a surfer, so, you know, Excuse me here, but if if they were unable to, then no, they can't surf. Yeah. Well, because there's a lot of parts of surfing that aren't applicable when it's in a, in a wave pool, Mm. right? Wave pools generate more or less the same wave on repeat. You don't need to paddle out. Right. And for anyone who doesn't surf, what, what I mean by paddle out is at a beach break, you often have to you know, there's ways you can get around the waves, but essentially you can't completely bypass them. So you need to paddle into them and duck dive, like dive under the breaking waves with your board to get out the back, Mm. you know, behind where the waves are breaking to then start catching your waves. You don't need to do that in a wave pool. Yeah, so if you're unable to to paddle out, can you surf? The answer is no. Yeah. (laughs) Because there's an element of of Well, it's kind of of similar. Yeah, it is. Um, However, great 
it's a great tool. The same way that learning jujitsu online is a great tool to enhance to, your, to enhance your jujitsu. Yeah. It's the same as wave pools, right? Like, imagine mm. if you had access to one and there's mm. no surf, mm. like as in in the ocean, there's no surf because there's no swell, but you can still go surf. Fantastic. Or you can you yeah. can put in hours and hours and hours on the same way practicing whatever 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 so then when you do go in the ocean i think i think more common access to wave pools is going to make professional surfers level up massively yeah agreed it's kind of like probably like with the internet and online learning exactly, for jiu-jitsu exactly. made, made high level competitors level up a lot exactly it's the same but it's not instead of no it's, yeah not it's, instead of you know a bonus it's not it's like the icing on the cake it's not the fucking cake yeah like Oh, I can't. 12, 12 minutes later, we haven't spoken at all about teaching jujitsu. We've been riffing on and paying out, getting blue belts online. Man, I just, it's kind of like if you. <laughs> it's fired Kieran up. It's the first yeah, time. Yeah, man. Yeah. If you, if you rock Episode up to a 17 seminar. and it's the first time Kieran's gotten all heated. Oh, man. Like imagine if you, if you rocked up to a seminar and you're like, oh, okay, where'd you get your blue belt? Oh, eBay. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the same shit. It's, yeah. Come yeah. on, man. Put your head in. I'm yeah. mad. He's mad. All right. <laughs> Moving. White belts. <laughs> <laughs> so. You need your, you need to roll to get your blue belt. Kieran mm-hmm. has established that. Mm-hmm. When uh, should you start teaching? Obviously, I've taught jujitsu for a long time and taught people how to teach jujitsu. You have not done any teaching of jujitsu, but you've done plenty of teaching and coaching in your in your career. Mm. You you would teach people ship navigation, yeah, right? Navigation in the navy, principles, yeah. as well as being a nutritionist. You could argue, to some extent, depending on how involved you are with a client, mm. your teaching them nutrition and teaching them how to, you know, how to meal prep and whatever, depending on the, so, you know, you did PT as well. You're Mm -hmm. teaching people how to lift, how to work out. So you've done a lot of teaching and there's a lot of important parts of teaching regardless of what you're teaching. Yeah. So there's certain attributes good teachers have regardless of if they're teaching jujitsu or if they're teaching you how to stuff a builder bear. Right. Do you know what Builderbear <laughs> yeah. is? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if that's still around, but yeah. yeah. So, uh, when do you think, as a white belt, when do you think is it okay for teach for someone to teach? So, I guess the question I'm asking is, if you walked into a gym, yeah, to do a class, at, and the instructor is insert color belt here, yep. what color belt would you, as a white belt, then go like, well, this isn't legit. So what belt would I say it's not legit or what belt would I be okay with? No, no. So I want to know what belt you wouldn't be okay with. At what point would yep. you go this, this, you know, this student, why am I learning from this color belt. belt from blue belt? Blue belt. Yep. What if, but what if they got that belt online? Is that cool? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> so you as a four, as a four strap. Stra- Ashton Kutcher brown yeah. belt. That's, that's totally cool. So you as a four strap white belt, yeah, you're saying blue belt is yep. is not high enough. Yeah, correct. Obviously, it, it, it comes with some knowledge. If you were a day one white belt, mm. you know, the- oh, I could learn so much. You could oh, learn look, a lot from it. Now, when I say it's, I, I would, I'd be like a bit iffy about it. I mean, I learned so much from the blue belts at our gym. They teach me all the time. So they do instruct me. What I'm saying is I would be a little bit- um, not hesitant, like it would depend on the individual, but as a general sweeping statement, if I came into a class and it was a, you know, a blue belt teaching, I would be a bit in the back of my mind. I would be, okay, that's, that's, you know, a bit low for, 
yeah. to this. And again, that's not saying anything against, that's just a very sweeping generalized statement because I know there are blue belts out there that teach and I know there are some that um, do, do it extremely well. So yeah. I think that's a good distinction as well to make that we're talking about teaching from an instructor standpoint, obviously just teaching in the gym not even teaching, helping your teammates. Oh, completely That different. can kind of happen at any belt, you know. Oh, yeah. we, and it's different it's, to doing a private as well, I'd say. Like if you're like, because I've done, I've done like training sessions with um, training partners that are blue belts and it, it like half of it was pretty much a private lesson, them teaching me. I don't see that as the same either. No, no, yeah. So that's not what we're talking about, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, people often joke about white belts teaching white belts. But I mean, if it's coming from the right place and it's knowledgeable, you know, everyone's different. Some white belts are incredibly knowledgeable and they might just be teaching you something, you know, hey, don't do this because you'll break your finger or something like that. So that's not what we're referring to. I mean, teaching as a a point where you say, oh, this is so-and-so, they're an instructor. Yes. So for me, we'll we'll start at, 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 at Blue Belt, right? Blue belts for me, yeah, definitely shouldn't be teaching adult classes. Yeah. However, a blue belt can definitely teach kids, right? Kids classes, you could have an uh you could have a white belt adult teach kids, really, depending on the age of the kids. Because a lot of what you teach kids in jujitsu, it's really not, it's definitely not super complicated jujitsu. And if you're looking at young kids, like the four, five, six-year-old kids, it's barely jujitsu. You're teaching them through games, Mm. right? Because the kids can't understand the complexities of even the most basic technique. You know, you teach a kid a scissor sweep or something, a five-year-old a scissor sweep, and they barely know – some kids, they barely know the difference between their left and right. Mm. You know, you, you tell them to put their hand here in the collar. They don't really even know what a collar is, you know. So it's you're not really teaching them a lot of jujitsu. You teach them through games because it's easy for them to digest and it's fun for them. Yeah, and you're developing those motor skills early. Yeah, I mean, I actually say this to a lot of parents who inquire. Obviously, I'm biased towards jujitsu being the better option, but I often say kind of at that age, it doesn't matter. You could It could be kung fu, karate, whatever. Mm-hmm. All these, as long as the instructor is good, a lot of the skills that the kids are developing, like discipline, punctuality, coordination, yeah, all the fine motor skills, teamwork, all those skills are going to be developed in whatever martial art or to some extent whatever activity they do as long as the instructor's good. So it's not like you need to be super proficient at jujitsu to teach kids. If you're starting to teach older kids, as in, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, getting into teenagers, I would say you – depending on how long that kid has been training for, you would need to be a bit higher. Like uh, we have Ellie in the gym, who's one of the kids who's been with me the longest and is 14 now. And, you know, Ellie no, Ellie helps teach the younger kids, like the little four, five, six-year-old kids with me. Ellie knows heaps of jujitsu. So you could be a blue belt and know less than Ellie because Ellie's been training for like – three years and trains every day and you know knows a lot so once you're getting to those higher kids you might need to be a bit older but for like the little kids where you just play games and all this sort of stuff yeah you could be a white belt it's more about you being a good instructor or being a good kids instructor opposed to being good at jujitsu do you know what i mean yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah 
have you have you haven't taught kids like I know because your your partner works in in with daycare. Yeah, you yeah. have sort of. Do you have any? I know for those who don't know, I know Kieran has no kids. Or <laughs> might have some illegal kids. No, don't. No, I mate. mean, I. <laughs> so you can't prove cause, it because some people some people take to it really easily, right? Like teaching kids in yeah. whatever they do whether it's they've already got their own kids or they've got nieces and nephews or they grew up with a younger sibling that has a massive like age gap between mm. the younger siblings. So some people take to it really easily. You know, I, um, I don't really, ha- I don't, I don't have any nieces or nephews other than my ones in Brazil, but I never, you know, I spent a lot of time with them, but not enough where I kind of just naturally was able to teach kids. It's something I had to develop and work really hard at. Yeah. Have you had any, like, do you have nieces, nephews? Have you, yeah, I got, about, I got about 15 nieces I got about, nephews. Do you actually? Yeah, yeah, straight up. Like not even taking the piss. Yeah. Are, you, are you being serious? I'm being dead serious. I got three older sisters, family tree time. Um, do you, you, I got three older sisters and the youngest one is like late 30s and they all have kids. Really? Yeah. Like I think one of them has like, two of them have like five kids and the other one has two. Jesus. Yeah. So it's like Are any of them in Sydney? Because you didn't grow up nah. in Sydney. No, they're all up here, all up north, like Newcastle. Newcastle so way. prior to COVID lockdown, would you see them often? Or? Nah, not, not really. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess prior to that. <laughs> they you don't were, listen to this. Like, it's all shit. <laughs> I guess prior to that, you were often at sea or whatever. Yeah, anyway, yeah I was in the right? Navy. So, so like, you know, I've been, I've been living in Sydney for the last like two years, but I've lived in between Sydney. Um, I lived northern territory for a little bit and a very short short period of time uh over west in perth very very short on on a ship so it doesn't really count so yeah but i don't really like back to your point do i have a lot of experience with younger siblings and things like that not really i was the youngest of five and i haven't really spent a whole lot of time in my adult life around my nieces and nephews since i have been in the navy for most of my adult life up until recently. So if I was to begin teaching at Blue Belt, that would be something I would need to to work out as well, like you like yeah. you said. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning it was the first kids class I taught, the very first one ever, it was me by myself with two kids. They were they were brothers and they were how old would they have been? something like the youngest was four and the other one was seven, something like that. Oh, shit. Me by myself, these two brothers and the mum sitting and watching. And it was the first ever kids class I had taught and I was just petrified. Not of the kids, but it's really the parents you have to impress, right? Yeah. I remember I was so nervous and – but it went fine and as time went on and I did more studying and I took more – more classes in how to teach kids now it comes really naturally for me and this was even before my son who's who's two now even before having atlas it had already become really natural for me how to interact with the kids and play with the kids and once you get the hang of it it's fine you know you just it's just getting past that initial really feeling like no idea what to do and be scared of the kids or whatever, but the kids can be heaps of fun. Teaching kids can be fun. It's not something I spend a lot of time doing anymore. Like I, I got into jujitsu to teach complicated jujitsu, you know, 
I want to be teaching adults really high level jujitsu, but I do enjoy teaching the kids. I still teach them every week when the gym's open and, and they can be really fun. Other times they can be really hard. I remember this, <laughs> this one kid, his name was Noah, who's super cute little kid <laughs> he's got he's got he yeah had a bit of a lisp and look one day he just came up to me and he goes adam charles won't stop licking me <laughs> i'm like charles stop licking noah you know like you know oh, some weird. yeah but i mean it's just how it is right yeah. and sometimes they're just super funny this other girl this little girl she's so cute one day i was uh i was teaching and i was sitting down and she was there waiting for her older sister who was in the doing the older kids' class because we have the kids separated by in age groups. So she would do her class and then she would sit and wait for her older sister to do her class. And I was sitting on the mats and she just comes up to me and she's about – her head is about at my shoulder height when I'm sitting down. And she stands next to me and she just leans her head and rests her head on my shoulder and just out of nowhere she goes, ah. And um, I wish you had a six pack like Batman does. <laughs> and, I, and I was just like, yep, me too. <laughs> well, we can fix that. <laughs> like the kids can be oh the kids God. can be funny, man. That's hilarious. You know, like Holy there's shit. there's pro like anything, there's yeah. pros and cons to it. Yeah. But like I said in, in the beginning, you could really be a white belt. The reason I say blue belt is just it's a good line in the sand. Yeah. It's also a good distinction between the kids because then regardless of what color belt the kid has. They'll never outrank they you. They don't outrank you. Yeah, because you, yeah. you need to be. How can you grade someone that's higher belt than you? Yeah, yeah. right. Like, you know, so if the kids are a gray and white belt, which is the one after white, they mm. technically out, <laughs> outrank you, yeah. right? So that's why, that's why blue belt makes the most sense. Yeah. Yeah. However, if you were uh, if you were good with kids, you know, if you were like your partner who works in a daycare, you mm. could essentially <laughs> throw her in, give her an hour of jujitsu like training, yeah. and get them to teach a kids class, right? Of of the younger kids. Yeah. But yeah, blue belt's just a good line in the sand. If we want to talk about adults, uh, how do you feel about? A purple belt. Like, totally fine. Totally fine totally as a, cool as a white belt. Cool yep. with purple belts Absolutely. teaching you. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. So as as um is a purple belt at uh, our gym and he's he's taught a bunch of times and Andreas, a brown belt, has taught a bunch of times and absolutely no dramas at all. I think. Andreas being a brown belt. Yeah, oh, yeah. Did you say that? Yeah, I said <laughs> brown. Um, so having having as teach as a, as a purple belt, totally cool with it. Because I think, and again, back circling back a little bit, I'm not against a, a blue belt teaching me anything. Don't get me wrong. I'm not as arrogant to think that I wouldn't be learning. It's more just as a sweeping statement to be like a full-time, more or less full-time instructor. From my perspective, I think purple belt is the place where it should begin. Just from, again, limited experience that I have, you know, from my position as a white belt, I'm more than comfortable to be instructed full-time, more or less. By purple belt, yeah. I, look, I don't mind purple belts teaching. In an ideal world, like if someone just asked me, you know, yeah, in an ideal world, what belt would teachers be? I, they would all be black belts, right? Yeah, of course. It's not how it works realistically, and I'll give some examples to that later down the track. But in in my situation, you know. When I first opened the gym, the gym even now in terms of a business is still new. It's only three years, already survived one 
not one pandemic, it's the same pandemic, but already survived one, you know, forced closure last year and now going through a second one, which we're going to survive because it's how we roll, (laughs) no pun intended, or maybe it was, I don't know. Um, So terrible. Man, what's wrong with puns are great. Dad jokes, man. You got to get on the dad joke train. Well, maybe in a few years. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. I think I have a theory as to why dad jokes are called dad jokes. It's because it's not until you're of the the stereotypical age where you would have kids and become a dad that you don't find fart humor is hilarious anymore. So you have to resort to dad jokes. Yeah, right. Right, because prior to that, I mean, it's all still about fart humor. Yeah, you're fart still humor. you're still in the fart humor uh, stage. Fart. <laughs> uh, so. Like I said, in an ideal scenario, you'd have everyone as, as, as a black belt. However, having a, a new gym, just logistically, that doesn't really work. Uh, for example, when, when we had Atlas, right, the gym was less than a year old. So that time off that I had when, when my son was born, I, you know, I had to take – actually, I had very minimal time off. Atlas was born on a Sunday at like Sunday afternoon and I taught class Monday, 7 a.m. Yeah, back on the <laughs> but, mats, boy. Yeah. But then I had a few days off and a lot of that, like I had Blue Belts teaching because it's a new gym. It's, uh, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not a name that opened a gym and I instantly was inundated with these higher belts swarming to come and train with me, right? Mm. So, you know, I, I still had a lot of lower belts in the gym. So I had – you know, Chris, who's who was the first blue belt I mm. gave out, but also a good friend of mine, Chris helping teach mm. and, you know, and whoever helping hold down the fort for yeah. me. And, you know, and that still sort of happens now. Still yeah. being a new gym, I have, you know, purple belts teach and brown belts teach. And I think purple belt is a good point to start understanding teaching better. It's not where I would say I'm super happy in in permanently putting someone in an authority of instructor role like a head instructor definitely not a head instructor right for me a a head instructor should really be a a, ideally a black belt maybe a brown belt maybe you know but brown belt i'm happy to say like oh this person is one of the the instructors they're not the head instructor but they're one of the instructors purple belt's a good time to start diving into that role and understanding it i wouldn't really want to have a purple belt as an adult instructor like you know full time i don't think right if 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 if, if it could be avoided because it's still there's still like a lot of unknowns they still don't quite know enough yet everyone's different i mean sometimes you meet a blue belt who knows more than a black belt right everyone's different but Purple Belt is a good place to start understanding more about teaching. So when you do get your Brown Belt and you can then go straight into becoming an instructor. So I like to see Purple Belts teach, you know, some of the, the more basic stuff. And that's important because teaching, it's not very hard to teach higher belts. Teaching higher belts or running competition classes and whatnot, it's very easy What's hard is teaching brand new students. So if you get someone who's just come in off the street and there is zero stripe, right, they're the people who are hard to teach. Anyone can teach a competition class. You can get a, it's a, it can, to some degree, a competition class can almost be like running an open mat. 
right? So purple belts, I like to start for me as an instructor who's now teaching people how to teach. Purple belts, when I start to sort of take that student and I want to see them, I want to train them up at being able to teach beginners. And I mean beginners from someone who's never trained, right? It's not only because that purple belt uh, doesn't know as many high-level techniques and advanced techniques and concepts, right? It's not just, oh, you're, you're closer to that gap so you should teach beginners. It's, it's no, it's because that's the hardest level of student to teach. So I want to devote more time into developing that skill set, right? So then when they become a brown belt and they can go on to just be an instructor, right, they've already developed those tools. It's kind of like when you when at purple belt you start learning more leg locks. So then when you get to brown belt, you know, you're already more or less proficient at them. Yeah, it makes for, sense. For those who don't know, like standard rules, most leg locks are off the table until brown belt. So you don't want to be a brown belt and then be like, and then so tell that. me, what is a toehold? And yeah. you have no idea, right? Yeah. You want to start learning that before you get there. And so I have that same sort of mentality for instructing. Purple belts, when I want to develop the tools in that student's in slash instructor to be. So when they get their brown belt, they're kind of already good to go, if that makes sense. It does. Now, I wanted to ask, do you think it's essential for belt progression for someone to teach? Because not everyone is in the position where they uh, can teach, where they may want to actually teach. It may not be something that they're interested in doing at all. So how closely linked do you think is belt progression to actually teaching? They don't, for me, they don't have to become a teacher or an instructor. In terms of how important I think it is, if, some, if someone came to me and they said, they said, man, I have zero interest in teaching jujitsu. I absolutely love jujitsu. I want to get my black belt, all this, but I could not care less about teaching it or being an instructor or whatever. Is that going to make me say, well, this person won't progress? No. However, as a, as a minimum, they need to, the reason that they need to understand a bit of teaching jujitsu is more just for that sort of cliche, you learn so much when you teach, you know? So they would need to develop their teaching skills enough so they understand what they're doing, you know? Like, because when you're then a higher belt, the lower belts look to you. And let's say you're a, a brown belt or a black belt even, and you have no interest in teaching or whatever, but a white belt and a blue belt comes to you and asks you a question. I mean, it happens all the time, right? Yeah. Lower belts ask higher belts. Yeah, of course. So if, you're, if you want to be my student and you're then carrying my reputation essentially, right? That's how I look at, at belts being awarded under different instructors. You're carrying that person's reputation with you, mm. right? So I want to make sure any belts I give out are credible, and especially if I'm giving out higher belts like brown belts and black belts. So if you want to carry that belt from me, in my opinion, you've got to know what you're talking about. You don't have to be an instructor or ever teach a jiu-jitsu class if you don't want to. But if a lower belt turns to you and asks you a question like, and like a basic question, oh, how do I escape side control? And you don't know how to articulate that and teach that to that student – that then reflects badly on me because they go, man, Adam's brown belts are freaking terrible. They don't know how to do X, Y, Z, right? So you need to understand some level of teaching if that makes sense. Yeah, it does, yeah. Right? If you, but I think that's also, that's not only, 
I mean, that maybe came across wrong. It maybe sounded a bit more like I, for me, it was important for you to uphold my reputation. I didn't mean it like that. I'm more like, it's more also for your, your understanding of the technique. It's the fact that you can articulate that to someone else shows that you actually understand it, you know, yeah. opposed to just being, you know, when, if you ask an English teacher why a sentence is structured a certain way, right? They know because they understand it. Whereas you ask a native speaker, they're like, I don't know, bro, it just is. Yeah. Right. And I don't want my students, the higher belt students for their answer to be, well, it just is. Yeah. I want them to actually understand it. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Right. And if you can understand it, you can teach it to someone, whether you want to be a teacher or not. Mm. Right. So yeah, purple belts, when I want to start developing that in my students, and then if they want to be an instructor, brown belts when I feel comfortable to go like, oh, this is, you know, blah, blah teaches the morning classes. Yeah, for sure. Right? Then you can give them like a, a rostered sort of class to teach. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. So I, I did, this reminded me of something that I've been meaning to ask you. It's off, off topic, but related to belt structure. If someone joined your gym and say they were a purple belt, they said they were a purple belt, but then you assess them and they're like, lucky to be a blue belt mm. under your sort of guidance under your um your opinion and they wanted to train their more or less they want to train their full time they wanted to be a, a purple belt under adam charles would you take the belt off them no nah. no nah. uh because i've heard never. of this happening yeah i could see it happening look i've had i had a black belt come train with me who who said that under me he he wanted to go back to white belt and, and I was like, no. Uh, reason being is it's someone at some point in time decided that that person was worth that belt, right, and awarded it to them. So, you know, they under that person at that point in their life, they earned that belt. Right. What if they got their blue belt online? <laughs> I could see your grin. <laughs> I could see your grin getting bigger and bigger. I'm like, he's got something. <laughs> no, uh, legit. Yeah. If someone walked into your gym and they did that fucking blue belt academy online and they walked in with a blue belt, oh. would you take it off them? <laughs> no, I pro I probably wouldn't. But I, uh, yeah, I guess there's 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 two things I'll point out. Yeah, one one being, for me, it's yeah someone decided that they were worth that belt and gave it to them at that point in time. So, you know, whether they earned it by my standards or not, they earned it by that person's standards, right? You know, if if you got your law degree from TAFE and then you walk into Harvard and Harvard goes like, no, I'm taking that. Like the, you can't yeah. take away something from a different institute, if yeah, that makes I sense, I agree. right? I agree with that. Uh, however, you know, and also it's it's not like – I do run a background check on everyone that comes in. Someone comes in <laughs> saying they're a purple belt, they're wearing a purple belt, and I go, oh, in my opinion, they're lucky to be a blue. It's not like there's some mega database of... Unless they were like a fake belt or something like that. Well, you would know if they were a super fake belt, yeah. right? You know, but there's not... A, it's not like I can just type them into some massive database and oh, this person actually isn't a purple belt. You know, some people register with IBJJF, some people don't, right? It's mm. it's not not like judo where there's this one governing body that, that you're registered with. So, yeah. So I wouldn't take their belt off. However, if they did come in and they were a purple belt and I'm like, man, this dude could maybe, maybe be a blue belt. 
there's still going to be a purple belt, but in instead of me, I'm essentially in my head going to be looking at them like a blue belt. So they would wear that purple belt, but then it would be X amount of years until in my head they've even become a purple belt and then however many more years until they got their brown. So they might sit on that purple belt. Instead of purple belt being a one and a half, two year journey, it might become like a six year journey for them or something like that. Right. So I would never take the belt off, but I will have an internal uh, grading of that student and they'll just continue to wear that same belt until they, 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 until they get in line mm. and then become a brown belt. That makes sense. Yeah. But online academy <laughs> blue belt. <laughs> Look, we'll just have a I will I will let you take out your frustration. All right. You see, I'll make I'll cut your deal, Kieran. <laughs> Whenever someone comes into the gym and they have an online belt, yep. I will allow you to be the the mad enforcer <laughs> against that person so you can Done. take you can take it out on them oh shit <laughs> i will just we're gonna this is gonna be a bit of a shorter episode uh, i do just want to there's only one other point i want to go over right essentially to summarize blue belt fine to teach kids technically could be a white belt to teach kids a- again this is all just my opinion right mm. you were I said right at the beginning there was a whole thing that came out ages ago saying no one under black belt should teach, blah, 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 and then you got other people letting blue belts teach. So I'm just one dude with an opinion, right, Uh, which is blue belt, fine to teach kids. Technically it could be a white belt really to teach kids, but but blue belt, fine to teach kids. Purple belt, I want to start developing that student, you know. Uh, Brown belt, you could be an instructor. Ideally if you could – flick a switch you would you would have everyone no one under black belt teach but that's just not how the world works right the one thing i i will point out though is it's sometimes not sometimes it's even more of an issue than than just like it was for me oh being a new business you know how i had a baby blah 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 sometimes logistically there's no other option I'll, i'll give you an example we had um I previously worked as a manager for the Alliance Association. I spent years working as as managing the the different affiliates around the world for Alliance. And we had a gym where the head in the head instructor, not just an instructor, but the head instructor was um, was a purple belt which you think like, well, man, that doesn't make sense to have a head instructor as a purple belt. And maybe when he opened the gym, I could be wrong, but he may have only even been a blue belt when he opened the gym, right? But this guy, his gym was in Yellowknife. Do you know where Yellowknife is? Never heard of it. So you go to the the US and Canadian border, right? And then you go north, and then you go north, and then you go north, and then you keep going north. And then when you get to the Arctic Circle, you go north, right? <laughs> it is so far, like it's super north. Like he's in like a town in, yeah, like essentially in the Arctic Circle with, I don't know what the population, hang on, I can find out for you. What's the population? Hey, of Jamie, pull that up for us. Yeah. Population of Yellowknife. <laughs> Let me find out. Hang on. Yellow wow, so he's, he's a blue belt opening a gym effectively in what what I'm assuming is maybe his hometown or something like that. Dude, it's a town of less than 20,000 people. Yeah, right. right? Like it is super north of Canada. It is, uh, 
is the capital city of Canada's Northwest Territories, right? Like, so super small town, right? But this guy did a lot to stay educated. He would, every year he flew specifically Lucas Lepri up and he would do oh, wow. like a weekend seminars. He would, he would fly down all the time to to Atlanta where Jacques where the US headquarters for Alliance was. Mm. So he made efforts to, to continue to be educated. It wasn't like he opened the gym as his full-time thing. He had his other business, but he was in a, in a town, not even a city, right? In a town with, you know, next to no people. There's no like other high level jujitsu gym he can go to. You know, you got to imagine it probably started with, I don't know, all the backstory, but I assume it started with him wanting to learn jujitsu and train jujitsu with his friends and everything. And in and a small they town, have a place, yeah. they didn't have a place to train. So and, we opened a gym. Yeah. So, you know, if you look at it like that, I'm not really against whatever belt being an instructor. Okay. It is going to depend on where you are and you definitely have to be wary of when if when it turns into a business opposed to just some friends training in a garage and you know one of you being the the default instructor right if it does turn into a business obviously where you are in the world and whatever state you're in you have to be wary of like the public liability and you know you may be required to be certain have certain credentials to be allowed to teach and charge people money to learn from you but that stuff aside Man, if you're somewhat like bloody yellow knife, man, you can't knock the dude for being a oh, blue shit, belt no. or a purple belt and being an instructor. Like it, kudos it, it, to him. Yeah. yeah, it was that or zero jujitsu. I also knew another guy. You're going to hate this. He he wasn't an online blue belt, but he him and his friends were completely self taught from just watching shit online. Uh, him and his friends just trained together in a garage. Oh, they rolled. I'm totally right? cool with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, they rolled. Yeah, and he even flew over. He visited the gym in Brazil, right? His name was George. He was from – I think he was from Germany. It was super tough, bro. He yeah. was like – he was legit. And he was essentially self-taught from the that's, internet. That, that's right? impressive. You know, so if he then went on to open a gym, I'm not sure. He obviously ended up grading under someone. But, yeah, I, I will just say as a blanket statement – you know, sometimes when you hear blue belt instructor, you know, like those clickbaity articles, yeah. like blue belt instructor, purple belt instructor. Well, you don't know, man. Maybe it's a dude in, in fucking at the yeah. at the research station in Antarctica. Yeah. You know, like what are, down the maps. Yeah, what other choice do you have, right? Yeah. So, so with that, if if you look at it like that as well, it's cool. Yeah, totally cool. Just making sure that you know, don't get. If you are listening to this, thinking sick, I'm gonna do it. Right. Well, just be, if you're super remote, make sure you, you cover your bases. You don't want to get sued. Mm. I've got another student who started teaching as part of, um, uh, he's a blue belt and he started teaching for another organization as part of like a sort of a therapy for, for adolescents who have really, uh, who have had troubled childhood or adolescents who have really like bad a youth program. Yeah. Sort of thing. Right. And one of the things that the, the, yeah, let's call it youth program. I forget the actual name. The people who run it are uh, checking what credentials they need to make sure he has and what insurances they have to have for him to be allowed to teach, right? Because he's not walking there as a black belt. Yeah. Right. Can he teach as a blue belt? For sure. It's barely jujitsu, right? He's teaching people as essentially like like therapy, you know, coping yeah. mechanisms and things through jujitsu. Mm. Right. If you said, Oh, well, he needs to be a black belt to do that, I'd be like, dude, what are you talking about? It's got like he knows enough to help these kids, right? Mm. 
doesn't need to be a black belt to do that. But as long as you make sure legally you're cool. Yeah, that's like... Because you don't mess with the law, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Adam's law. That's the law. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, that was good. That was... Um, hopefully people got something out of that. Kieran, you will teach kids one day. Maybe. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. But yeah, so if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share your uh, share the love on social media. Share to your story and we'll reshare it. Uh-huh. Uh, follow us yeah. on Instagram. We are on Instagram at Beyond Jiu Jitsu underscore podcast. Follow us on Spotify. We're nearly at 100 followers on Please, Spotify. Please, guys, spo- follow us on Spotify. We're not going to beg, but we're begging. Yeah, <laughs> that does. It, it, it really helps. You know, I actually – a bit a bit of a I don't know how you feel about this as a YouTuber, but I watch heaps of YouTube and you know you're always like, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe and all that sort of stuff. But you know, now that I have an online platform, it helps bump you up the list, right? If yeah. you've got more people following on Spotify, yeah. it helps. It really does. So and a big one, if you want to submit a question to the show, as a bit of a spoiler alert, we do have a QA episode coming soon it's going to be episode number 20 episode 20 this was episode 17 yep so if you want your question read out on the show or if you want to send us an audio clip of your question however you want to submit it please feel free to shoot that through on the dms at on our instagram uh which is again beyond jujitsu underscore podcast it's the best place to submit your question and if you want to submit an audio format, just let me know and we can sort that out as well. But Q&A episode number 20. So if you want your question on the show, get it in now because we're already compiling and locking in some questions. Yep. Also, if you really feel like it, there's a link tree on our Instagram. It takes you to a Patreon. That's cool too. You yeah. don't have to. But for those who are into that sort of thing. Support us on Patreon. Yep. And on Patreon, what are we doing there? So we're going Nudes. to be doing – nudes. Plenty of nudes on requests. Um, Adam <laughs> exclusively is doing the nudes, but we will we are doing uh, live Q and A. You can see how my Batman six pack is progressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit! So we do live Q and As once a month on uh, Patreon, and we're also doing uh, live instructional, so jujitsu lessons and instructionals over on the Patreon. So get around it if you're keen. But until next time. Thanks for listening. Raiders.